Amen. God bless you. Good morning, Power Place. How's everybody doing? Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. The, uh, I'm excited about the new power group study, How's Your Soul? It says on the front of Judah Smith's book, Why Everything That Matters Starts With the Inside You. It's true. Get that right, everything else gets lined up. Amen? Amen. Good to see you this morning. You all look amazing. Just look at your neighbor and say, hey, you look fabulous today. Oh, yeah. And what a great time we had last Sunday. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Taylor Oil and Propane. Those guys provided the, the uh, grill and, and cooked all the hot dogs for us. They were amazing. Rich and Pat, thank you so much. Um, these guys are amazing. They're a blessing. So these are some of the laws of the natural universe, and just see if you can um, notice any of these in your life. The law of mechanical repair. After your hands become coated with grease, your nose will begin to itch. <laughs> the law of the workshop. Any tool when dropped will roll to the least accessible corner. The variation law. If you change lanes, lines or traffic lanes, the one you are in will start to move faster than the one you are in now. Anybody? Yeah, come on now. How about the inverse hairdryer law? You're sure to hear the phone ringing in the background until you turn the hairdryer off. That happened to anybody else? Okay. The law of close encounters. The probability of meeting someone you know increases when you have no makeup on or you haven't fixed your hair. Oh, yeah. The law of the result. When you try to prove to someone that a machine won't work, it will. <laughs> you take it into the mechanic, you go, that doesn't work. He puts it on. He's like, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Okay, the, <laughs> the law of dirty rugs or carpets. Chances of an open-faced jelly sandwich landing face down on a carpet is directly correlated to the newness and cost of the carpet. <laughs> the law of biomechanics. The severity of the itch is inversely inversely proportional to the reach. <laughs> okay, you're not enjoying these as much as I thought you would, but it's okay. There's only three more. Are you ready? Chrissy's gone. Get on with it. The theater law. In any event, the people whose seats are farthest from the aisle will always arrive last. <laughs> the law of coffee. As soon as you sit down to a cup of hot coffee, your boss will ask you to do something which will last until the coffee's cold. <laughs> and last but not least, the law of natural attraction. If you and your date are the only two on a five-mile stretch of beach, the family of five will set up right next to you. <laughs> Come on. The laws of the natural universe. I love it. Today I want to I speak to you about fruitful or pitiful. Choice is yours. Fruitful or pitiful. It's your choice. 
Before I get into that today, I just want to, I've, I've got an exciting announcement to make. We have hired new youth pastors. Yeah. So last Sunday, Luke and Ashton were here with us, and um, they spent the weekend with us. We've been in contact with them over several months, and God has put our paths together, and we're excited about them becoming a part of the team. Luke will be here first sometime in June after he takes his missions trip and gets his brother married off. Uh, he will join us, and then Ashton will be here. Uh, they will get married in December. And then she will join him in January after their honeymoon. So we're really excited. Uh, some of you had the privilege of meeting them last Sunday. But uh, if you didn't, just pray for them as, as they prepare to come. Uh, God has placed a great anointing and, and heart in them for the, the uh, schools. And I'm, I'm just thrilled. God is, uh, he's blessed us. And you'll soon find that out. But I just wanted to say that uh, we want to welcome them to the team. And uh, praise God for what he's doing. <clears throat> Last week, Isaiah shared a message, and, and he talked about faith. Your faith determines your outcome. If you were here last Sunday, you heard what he spoke, and he talked about all of us having a common faith. And then there's growing faith. Then he talked about great faith. And then unwavering faith. And that's where we're headed. We want unwavering faith in our life. But where do you get this faith from? Where does faith come from? The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, Paul the Apostle wrote to the Roman church and he says in verse 3, For, though, for through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. <coughs> Every one of us has been given by God a measure of faith. That faith can grow. That faith has the possibility of, of growing larger and, and stronger. Romans chapter 10, Paul the Apostle writes this. He says in verse 17, So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So we get this faith from God. It comes by hearing God's word and growing inside of us. And, and it's amazing how the word of God is, is so powerful. Don't you love God's word? If you don't, you need to because that's the transforming power that God gives you the ability to, to place inside of you. The Word of Christ, the Word of God. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the writer of Hebrews says this, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. Somebody say alive and powerful. The Word of God is alive and powerful. It's not just words on paper. It's, it's life-giving. It is alive because Jesus Christ is the Word. It's, it's powerful. It's, it's life-changing. And he goes on and he says, It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, 
It cuts between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, between areas that nothing else can really penetrate. That's what the Word of God does. It gets in between, and then it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It just kind of, it's, it's like spiritual surgery. It lays bare those things in us that need to be dealt with. How many have ever gone through a surgery? Dr. Joe is still recovering from his major surgery. He's doing fabulous, by the way. Uh, yeah. But in surgery, something happens. Some, the doctor has the ability to get in and get some stuff done that needs to be done so you can become healthier, so you can get better. So things are cut away. Things are taken out. Things are put back together correctly. Things are repaired so that you be become the person you need to be. And God's Word does this in our hearts, in our lives. He exposes some things. He talks to us. He deals with us. He heals us. And if we had something that powerful at our disposal, why wouldn't we take full advantage of it? It's almost like a superpower. The Word of God, it's, it's very powerful. And the enemy of your soul knows how powerful and life-changing the Word of God is, and so he does everything in his power to keep you distracted from getting it in you. Right? You're too busy, you got... Too much going on, don't, don't worry about that. It, you, you're okay, you're going to get to church eventually one of these weeks and that'll give you the shot you need, right? And if you ate that way, physically, how many of you know you wouldn't be nearly the weight you are now? <laughs> you'd be malnourished. You'd wonder how you could even make it through the day because you haven't gotten the nourishment that you need. Sometimes spiritually we, we starve ourselves. And, and God wants to take you off that diet. Okay? Come on now. He wants to fill you up. Jesus was, was talking about the Word of God as a seed. A seed that has power and potential in it. Matthew chapter 13, verse 1, Matthew records this. Later that same day, Jesus left the house, sat beside the lake. Jesus went to the lake because there wasn't an ocean right nearby. Okay. And a large crowd soon gathered around him because they always did. So he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. 
The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone who has ears to hear should listen and understand. And yet his disciples didn't even understand what he said. And so they're asking, what, what does that mean? And so he explains in verse 18. Now, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. And then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. They get excited about it. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. He explains it, and, and it becomes very clear. And If I don't understand the message, then the seed can't sink in. And the enemy comes and steals the possibilities that lie within the seed. There are powers and possibilities in every seed. And the enemy knows that. So he wants to grab the seed as quickly as possible. It's uh, planting around our house season. Christy loves plants. So she's shopped all over the world for every kind of plant, every color. She wants to just, she wants it to pop. And so it's popping right now. But there's something amazing about a seed and what can happen if it's in the proper soil. We even had to buy some soil to get some of these things to grow better. You know, there's miracle Grow. Did you know about miracle Grow? <clears throat> there's miracle Grow in the Word of God. I can tell you that. <laughs> get it in you. Get it in that, that, uh, that soil of your life. and Let it produce. Amen. <clears throat> so if, if there's no understanding, then the seed can't sink in. Enemy comes and, and rips it apart, takes it away. And then there's the problem of depth, deep roots. Without deep roots, you won't last long. 
You've got to be rooted and grounded. Touch your neighbor and say, be rooted and grounded in God. Colossians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul writes to the Colossian church and he says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. And then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Get rooted and grounded in God. Get rooted and grounded in his word. Get rooted and grounded in, in the things that you're taught from his word. Let that become the truth that you plant yourself deep in. And then there's the issue of letting the weeds of worry and wealth crowd out the good stuff God's trying to do in you. You ever been there? Listen, don't let... Don't let the weeds of worry and wealth crowd out the tasty fruit that drips with life. God wants to produce fruit in your life. We could talk about worry and wealth a lot. It, each could be a sermon in itself, but I want you to notice something. Notice that both of those come from a lack of trust in God's leading and provision. Worry and wealth. If I don't trust God... If I don't think he's going to provide, then I, I find myself in a position of worry and wealth. And what happens is it crowds out everything else. When fear, worry, and wealth become so big, they drive out everything else. They, they become weeds in our hearts. And Christy got excited about pulling dandelions last night. and I'm like, baby, you're just taking the tops off. And we got some dandelions right now that got the, the little puff thing on top, right? And she's thinking, if I just get that out, it's all good. But the reality is, it's the roots that you got to get out. Because you take the little puff thing off, and they start flying everywhere. They start planting themselves everywhere else, right? You know what I'm talking about. And, and the same thing goes in our lives. And we find ourselves choked out. We find the fruit of our lives choked out because weeds of worry and wealth will choke out fruit. We get obsessed and preoccupied and consumed. What we care about is what we think about, what we spend our time on, what we talk about, what we spend our energy on, what we focus on protecting it's what we prioritize. And if we don't trust God, then our faith is suffocated. Richard Dresselhaus says, the deceitfulness of riches, it deceives both the wealthy and the poor. The wealthy thinking that money will satisfy. The poor thinking if they had it, they'd be satisfied. It promises satisfaction, but it doesn't deliver. If it did, more money would do it, right? Is there ever enough money? Some of us think there is. And we think that if we'll just get enough, then we'll be satisfied. There's only one who satisfies, and that's Jesus Christ. He brings a deep, deep, settled satisfaction. Richard goes on and he says, it promises satisfaction but doesn't deliver. If it did, more money would do it. 
It promises security, but it doesn't deliver. One downturn in the markets, it's all swept away. It promises influence, but it doesn't deliver. It's a lure. It's deceitful. And the enemy loves to dangle it in front of you. Jesus said, finally, we have this seed that landed on good soil. And what distinguishes this good soil from the rest is one word, fruitfulness. Somebody say fruitfulness. fruitfulness. Hearing plus understanding equals fruitfulness. Hearing the word, understanding the word produces fruitfulness in our lives. Fruitfulness, 30, 60, 100 fold. The ability to produce Way more than we got. Good soil produces that kind of fruit. The kind of fruit that Galatians 5 talks about. The kind of fruit we should expect to see in our lives as a Christ follower. Amen? Amen. Galatians 5 verse 22. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience. You ever pray for patience? That's a tough one. But it's the fruit of the Spirit. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. If you're living like that, you don't have to have any laws against you. Where there is fruit, there is the reign of God. When you see fruit in your life, you can know God's reigning there. Come on. And no soil is exempt from drought or weeds or malnourishment. Jesus didn't say that this good ground had no stones in it, or no thorns, or that the sun wouldn't beat down on it. But he said it's fruitful. This ground is fruitful in the real and hard world. And anytime you demonstrate kindness, there's fruit. When you show joy in the face of struggle, there's fruit. Many of you have been there. If you're gentle, when you could be harsh, there's fruit. When we're generous, selfless, good, loving, self-controlled, there's fruit. Fruit, more fruit. And you begin to see the reign of God in your life, and you begin to realize, that's not me. That's not the way I was wired from birth. And so God must be working in me. How many of you ever looked back and said, wow, look how far I've come. Now, I'm not where I need to be yet. I'm still looking ahead and saying, that's the perfection that God has for me. But I'm looking back saying, wow, what a difference has happened in my life. I'm not the same person I used to be. I don't treat people the way I used to treat them. God's doing the work in me. I'm finally seeing the reign of God in my life. Seeing him do some stuff in me that I know I couldn't do on my own. See, that's the fruit of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. <clears throat> Joy. It's not a natural response to life. It's supernatural. It's a supernatural response to life. That's why it's a fruit of the Spirit and not of our personality. Joy is not a knee-jerk reaction to our circumstances. 
It's a miraculous moment in a dark and dying world when his presence is revealed through our lives. The joy that we experience and demonstrate is birth from a relationship with him. It's that seed that's been planted in us. It's not my natural reaction, but it's something inside of me that springs up in the soil of my life. And I know where it came from. I know where it comes from. I know it's the life-giving spirit of the living God inside of me. Listen, you weren't made to demonstrate a critical spirit. Nudge your neighbor. Tell him that. You weren't made to demonstrate a critical spirit. You weren't made for gossip. You weren't made for bitterness. Come on. God made you better than that. You weren't made to give your husband or wife the silent treatment. Come on. You weren't made to create friction in the church or on the job or in your home. You weren't made to yell in anger at your children. You were made for joy. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. But you got to get his joy inside of you. It's not your joy, it's his joy. It's the seed that he plants inside of you. Seed that produces joy. You are designed to be a fruit-bearing Christian. God wants you to be fruitful. God wants you to be fruitful. God wants you to be fruitful. To produce the fruit that the seed inside of you produces. And you'll never bear that kind of fruit you were designed to bear unless you hang out with Jesus. Every day, all day long, just marinate in who he is and all that he has for you. Fertilize your life with the word of God, with worship, with prayer. To the extent that Jesus occupies your whole being is the extent to which you will produce his joy. Let me talk about this one more time. Ah, probably I'll talk about this all the time. It's a Power Place Life Journal. It's a blank book. It's got nothing in it. But it'll change your life if you'll read the Word of God and then journal what God's speaking to you. There's a, there's a reading plan that comes with this. It's, it doesn't take you through the entire Bible. This year I decided to go through the entire Bible. So I'm using the YouVersion Bible app, which every one of you should have on your smartphone. If you don't have it, download it now. Get your phone out, YouVersion Bible app. Go ahead and download it. You can, you can get it now for free. Bob, you got a smartphone. You have a dumb phone. I, I forgot. <laughs> it is, but I, it's okay. It's a flip phone. That's right. How many remember the flip phone? <laughs> Bob loves his flip phone. But if you have a smartphone, get, get the YouVersion Bible app. And this year I'm reading the, uh, the Life Journal reading plan, which is taking me through the entire Bible. And so every morning, at some point, if God wakes me up, and he does <laughs> very early sometimes, so I'll just pull my phone out, put the brightness down, get my Bible app open, and just go to the next day. Right now I'm on day 120. Day 365 is coming. 
but I'm on 120 right now. I'm up to date on reading the Bible through all the way. What's interesting to me is as I read the Word of God and I begin to write down what He speaks to me, usually it's a verse or two out of several chapters. It's just a verse or two that jumps out and the Spirit of God speaks to me. And He plants something in me. This has been the most difficult year, Christian, I've ever lived in our entire life. She was diagnosed with cancer last year, and all the things that, that we've been through this past year, and I, I, I say we probably would have caved in had it not been for the Word of God, that seed that he plants in our lives. Every day he spoke to us. Either by a scripture, random. I didn't pick out the Bible reading plan. God knew what I was going to be going through on every day. And so he spoke to me. Days that he didn't speak to me and I'm going, I have no idea what that was because I got nothing out of that. He would remind me of seed that was already planted in me, and I would remember the Word of God that was planted in me already and bring that to mind, write it down. It's a promise from God. In our life journal, we use the SOAP method. How many of you know that you need the Word of God to wash over you on a daily basis? You need some SOAP in your life. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Write down a scripture that God's speaking to you. Observe what's going on in it. Apply it to your life. And then pray about it. And watch what God will do. Watch how God will speak to you in the most difficult times of your life. Watch how God will guide and direct you, how he will plant something in you that no matter what comes your way, no matter what comes at you, you have the ability to stand and stand firm because you're rooted and grounded in Christ, who is the word of the living God. You're rooted and grounded. Nothing can shake you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to wash daily. Y'all need a bath, okay, every day. But you need a spiritual bath as well. The Bible calls itself the Word of God. It washes like water. It cleans you up. Use the soap method. Use any method. Just get the Word of God in you. You need to refocus and recalibrate your mind from the human stinking thinking to heaven's reality. Because sometimes we get bogged down. We get to thinking on a stinking level. And God says, no, I want to raise you up to a higher level of thinking. I want you to see who you are, what you've been created to do. I want, I want you to see what I can do in and through you if you just give yourself to me completely. Hallelujah. All right. Holy Spirit wants to talk to us. But he's a gentleman. He won't attempt to compete with the noise around us or shout to be heard over Netflix, 
over the music, won't force us to listen at all, for determined not to. He's waiting patiently for you to take the time to listen to his still small voice. I mean, think about it. If, if you had a friend who was always talking and talking and talking and never listened, never stopped to take a breath, never listened to what you had to say, that friendship wouldn't last very long. And our relationship with God is much the same way. It can either be as shallow as we settle for or as deep as we're willing to go. James says in James 1 verse 19, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God, the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Accept that word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. And then he gives a little warning, but don't just listen to God's word. You got to do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's, it's just like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, but you walk away and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. You'll be fruitful. You'll produce supernatural stuff in your life. You'll be producing fruit that is attractive and tasty, not filled with rot or worms. Amen? Amen. You'll be filled with the fruit of the Spirit of God. And the closer someone gets to you and starts examining your life, they'll like what they see. You ever been around somebody, the closer you get, you're like, ugh. Christy juices for us almost every morning, and so once in a while she'll pick up a piece of fruit, and it'll be like rotten. You can't see it until you pick it up and look at it close. You pick it up and turn it over, it's like, ooh, uh, yeah, no. You don't want to be like that. Listen, a friend, a real friend, will tell you if you've got a booger hanging off the end of your nose. You know they will. A real friend will. Somebody else will walk away and tell somebody else about it. Did you see that? I'm serious. You need to go look. Man. A real friend will tell you if you've got something stuck in your teeth. A real friend will tell you if your zipper's down. A real friend cares. And I'm going to tell you something. God's a real friend. And he wants to help you. He's not talking about, around behind your back. He wants to help you. He wants to grow you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to point some things out so you can be a better person. So you can represent him well. So you can allow his fruit to begin to grow in your life. So that everywhere you go, the fruit's there. And everybody can take some. It's good. God is your friend. He is your friend. In Psalm 139, the psalmist writes this, Search me, O God. Search me. And know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path 
of everlasting life. And I wonder if you would pray that today. I wonder if you'd come to the point and just say, search me, God. If you're honest, you'll realize there's some stuff that needs to be taken care of. Even if you've been following Jesus for a long time, sometimes we get set in our ways and sometimes we just kind of go back to human stuff. We forget that God's called us to a higher level of living. He wants to produce fruit in us through that seed that is planted. Would you bow your heads with me, please? And, and in a moment, we're getting ready to uh, baptize in water, and I'm excited about that. And maybe you didn't come here this morning ready to be baptized, but I'm here to tell you, you might just want to decide to follow Jesus today. You don't care what anybody thinks. You say, hey, I, I want to let everybody know I'm, I'm going down in the water, and I'm going to come up a brand new person. I'm going to be raised to newness of life. I'm going to follow Jesus in everything. But this morning, I, I want to pray for you before we allow those to go get changed. Maybe you're here this morning and something going on in your heart, in your life. You realize you need to know God so you can find freedom, discover your purpose, so you can make a difference. And maybe everything's not quite right with you and God right now. That can change in a moment. And I want to pray with you about that this morning. If you say, preacher, pray for me today, I, I, want to, I want to make everything right between me and God. I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. If that's you all over this room, just raise your hand up high. We're going to pray together. Yes. In the back. Yes. Someone else. Yes. In the back over here. Thank you, Lord. Again. Yes. I see five hands raised this morning. God can change everything in a moment. He wants to set you free from your sin. So pray this prayer with me. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So pray this prayer with your mouth right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you right now, and I declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, Lord of me. I ask you to forgive me of my sin, set me free, deliver me from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for giving your life so I could have life. Thank you for raising from the dead so I can have newness of life. I've decided today to follow Jesus, and I won't turn back. Hallelujah.